London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. Live from Southern California, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for a new episode of Kings of the Podcast. Buckle up, here we go! Kings of the Podcast, episode 18, and uh, Dennis Bernstein. Well, first of all, welcome in, DB. Oh, always a pleasure, Mayor. It's been a while. It's, it's been a minute. It has been. We're uh, we're back here. We're fresh to go for episode 18. And look, we're going to do something we've only done one time in the long and illustrious history of Kings <laughs> of the Podcast. We're going to have a guest with us for the whole show, Dave Panyota. What's up, Dave? How's it going, boys? Uh, oh, yeah, it is excited. A it's, I'm, I'm, it's a privilege and an honor. Thank you. It is you. a co-branded project of Mayor's it is. Fourth Period, so I figure that's the one guy that we would probably have. Well, we what we did is, if you remember, DB, we yeah. had sponsored from the Fourth Period Hotline. We had him call right. in a while <laughs> back. <laughs> so it's just like dip your toe in the water, see if we were comfortable with you, if you were comfortable with us. Yep. You know, it's kind of like a first date, and we, we liked it. It went well. I think so. So we invited yeah. you back, and here's here's a little trivia note for you. The only other person that we've ever had do the full sit-in for a full show was Dustin Penner. So yes. DP, DP, DP. Right. so I don't know if you're, there's another DP out there, you know, to go for the hat trick, but this is our second DP who's going to sit in for the whole hour. That's, brilliant. that's, that's a lot to live up to. Penner's, I mean, he's, he's a special dude. You better bring Love it today. Guy. We're going to need your A game I'm to, uh, all right. So here's what's going on, people. We're going to, uh, we had a poll or Dennis had a poll. I don't yes. want to say we in this one. Uh, DB had a poll. We'll talk about that. We'll take a lap around the NHL, especially since Panyota's here. He'll tell us all the stuff about, uh, what was it, like who has the hottest suit and like what Montreal's doing and right. what you'll, all that, jazz. all the good stuff. Yeah, and Lou Lamorello's still asleep in, okay. in Long Island. And the all-star break, you'll tell us about the gifting suite and, and all that sort of good all stuff. All the fun stuff. Okay. And then we'll talk AHL. The all-star game, of course, is coming to Southern California. Uh, I was at the game last night checking out the rain. We'll talk a little bit about that. A lot of prospect news. DB, I know yeah. you're sad because we don't have the World Juniors to talk I about. Know, but we broken st- heart. I feel lost. <laughs> but we still have a lot of Kings prospect news to talk about. And then there's this thing coming up called the trade deadline. So yes. maybe we'll spend some time on that. Uh, perhaps so let's get right into it though boys uh, the Kings are coming off of or they're in the middle of excuse me a road trip uh, one two and one so far let's hit a couple things just to recap uh, they picked up a win in Las Vegas that was a 5-2 game Dennis was stoked his boy Adrian Kempe picked up two goals in that game then they lost uh, in Carolina that was a 2 nothing loss uh, Justin Williams had signed recently but did not appear in that game uh, he was running scared of Kopitar. It's just what I heard. I don't know if that's true, yeah. but that's what I heard. Uh, Tampa Bay was a shootout game. The Kings lost 4-3. to three. Uh, Kempe, your boy, was sent out in the shootout. To win it. And did not. So you need like he a was sad... Do you have a sad trombone? I do. Okay, well, there you go. That's the Kempe shootout horn. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and it's a full production here, DP, by the way. I, so. I'm impressed, <laughs> boys. professional I'm, organization. This is impressed. The, the machinery is top-notch. It is. Yeah. And then... Uh, 
then the Florida game, 4-3. Of course, that was a crazy one because they were down 4 nothing with nine minutes left. Ayafalo scores. Carter scores. Kopitar scores. Now, Carter heating up a little bit, which is kind of ironic because of where the Kings are headed next. Big game today. You know, DB, for yep. me, this is this is, your this game. is the marquee it's game. Two, twice a year, John. Kings, Flyers, the boys are in Philly today. You can't ask for much more. But I want to mention something as we get into this Philadelphia thing, though, because, uh, DB, you alerted me to this. You texted me earlier today and said, hey, did you see this tweet where they're talking about the Flyers have allegedly um, shown yeah. interest in Jeff Carter? And here's what's funny. The, the Flyers were here on New Year's Eve, and I'm sitting at the game, and I don't know why, but the thought entered into my head you know something? Jeff Carter is now more an L.A. King than he is a Flyer because he recently played his 1,000th game. Right. And it was an even split, 500 outside, 500 with the Kings. So outside of those couple of games, right, or whatever it was, 20-odd games or something that he played in Columbus, um, the bottom line is he's played more games in an L.A. Kings jersey than any other team. And yet we, meaning the media, continue to think of Jeff as largely a Flyer. It kind of reminds right. me of Mike Piazza. He played more games with the Mets, but he still, to this day, is thought of as an L.A. Dodger. So, I, I don't know. I mean, if there's any team, I, I guess where I was going with this, if there's any team that Carter, I can reimagine him in a jersey of, it, it would be the Philadelphia Flyers. Not Columbus? No, no, <laughs> not. Well, if they change their jersey, maybe, maybe, and it's orange and black with a big P on the front of it, then they, then maybe Columbus. Because I know that was, a, that was a, a special time in his life. It was. It was. Well, you know, look, when, when Carter retires and there's, there's one of those montage videos, DB was telling us today about the 30-minute Aerosmith video that yes. kicks off there. That's a bit much, by the way. You know I'm a concert guy, but I'm oh, not yeah, down no. for a 30 minute 30 video minute <laughs> before a 90 minute set. Exactly. Um, put that on Netflix. When or you're done. or play your 90 minute set, then play the video and let the diehard stick around for those 30 minutes. Anyway, uh, when they when they do the retrospect video on on Jeff Carter, I'm sure there will be a good 60 percent of that will be about the time in Columbus. Right. <laughs> Brief mention of what happened in Philly. Tiny mention of two little cuts in Los Angeles. A little bit here. Some some hardware here. Sarah McLaughlin in the background. I will remember you kind of playing over <laughs> that his Columbus days. There's not a Sarah Well, we automatically know you're not in charge of music today. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible reference. I was, I was setting up the mood. You know, okay. just setting up the mood for how emotional it'll be tears of, for Jeff tears Carter and, and, and the, the Jackets. But it's funny because John Bork, who's in Philly, one of the reporters there, had a video of Carter basically saying, I don't want to leave L.A. Yeah. Of course, oh, that, I don't want to leave L.A.? Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to leave L.A. Okay. John said, duh. He says, but I love playing in Philly. Uh-huh. So I don't want to leave either, guys. I got We got St. Louis after this, and I'll, I, I'd rather stay here too. But. but it's interesting that they said that they've talked, with the, they've talked internally about probably maybe They've inquired. Inquired, and... What do you think, John? I think Carter still has a lot to give. I said, I've you said do. this all season long that uh, I thought he should have been the all-star for the Kings. I mean, you can give it to Kopi and, you know, Dowdy, whatever. But I thought Carter uh, has been great. He scored the last couple of games. He's played much better. Yes, he's not the Jeff Carter no, of not. 2012. Um, but uh, I, I think he's, he's played well enough to prove that he, he, he could help another team. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Philly calls up and says, Shane Gostaspare for Carter. I'll drive him to the airport. I mean, what, what would you, what are you, what are you waiting on? I mean, that's, I mean, you look at, you look at the age distribution. We talked about this previously. And one of the issues the with the Kings uh -huh. and the age distribution that they have a lot of young players and then a lot of over 30 players. So they need that, that sort of middle gap there and ghost would fit right into that. So sure. Yeah. I mean, okay. fine. What do you, okay. why, what are you thinking? No, I'm just, I, I, I'm just wondering because 
mean, that cap, would make sense. Cap side of things. The cap side of things. The cap's not an issue for Los Angeles. I mean, no, you can't go crazy. Philly, but I mean, for Philly, oh. $4.5 million cap hit for Ghost, 5 point whatever five it two, is, 5.2 for, for Jeff, it would it would distribute things a lot easier. I don't know if Philly would do that. Yeah, but. that doesn't sound like, though, that there's enough in that deal. I, it almost feels like L.A. would have to sweeten that deal to help, you know, again, because of the age distribution so part of it. if they sweetened it, you'd still do it. I would. I mean, yeah, I, I would, uh, you know, I mean, I'll probably get a text from King's management after this that I'm crazy. But, I mean, if you told me it was a third-round pick and Jeff Carter yeah. getting, again, because yeah. I'm looking at the age of the yeah. player and I'm looking at, the, you know, what they're getting in return. Now, the one downside to that really is that, I, I don't know if that's the type of defenseman that the Kings need. And, um, well, here, here's if they do or they don't. If you think Bjornfort is the guy to play next to Dowdy for the next couple of seasons, fine. If you don't, I think Shane Gotts' bear would definitely help. Well, it would be aided by playing with Drew Dowdy. What I mean is this. I think that they need an anchor on the second pairing okay. uh, more than they need. Uh, I think there the are a pairing. number of guys that could play with Dowdy, right. whether it's this year or even two, or, I mean, this year, okay. meaning next year. Yeah, Over the right. next two years, there are several options of who can play with Dowdy. Right. I think what's more important is they're going to need that 27-year-old defenseman who can anchor a second pairing. Got it. Uh, okay. you know, and, and so I'm just not sure if that's that guy. Or not, Understood. but uh, look, they could certainly, in my opinion, they could do a lot worse than picking up uh, Ghost coming, you know, from right. Philadelphia. That'd be that'd be a hell of a trade. So, um, all I know is I, I'm I'm traumatized by the stink eye from Jeff Carter when I brought the question <laughs> up at the press conference <laughs> last year. <laughs> so, you know, I'll believe that he's leaving when he leaves. Uh, until that time, right. he's available, <laughs> but, but whether he leaves or not, I don't know. Right in quotation air quotes, yeah. Available. Right. Yeah. Well, no, no, he definitely absolutely is available. I, there's, yeah. there's no there's no doubt about that, that he, you know, look, uh, we'll get into it during the second period yeah. today. But there are a number of players, a list of players, and you can very easily, I think, go down this roster. And I don't think there's anybody that you can waffle on. I think you go down the roster and you can very easily parse it and say, these guys will not be traded. Yeah. These guys will be traded. It's just a question of when, for what, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Now, there might be a few guys that you would say, Maybe they won't be dealt, but in the right trade, they could move. Like, just take Adrian Kempe, for example. I don't think he's moving at the trade deadline. Agreed. I don't think he's moving in the summer. But in the right deal, if that was the guy that the other team just had to have in order to yeah. make a deal happen, it could happen. Agreed. But, 100%. I mean, there's a list of 10 players that they're looking to move, and Adrian Kempe is not one of them. And so. I agree. And as much as I rag on the guy, as much as I criticize him, I totally agree with you. I don't think he's going anywhere. And... Look, at some point in time, that might actually be a really great contract. Mm -hmm. If he can be a 18 or 20 goal scorer on $2 million a even, year. Even at 15 goals. Yeah. But yeah, but you can't trade everybody, and that's the and thing. That's so that, the that's why thing. I think you have to prioritize it. Again, we'll get into it in the second period. You have to prioritize the trade list, and Kempe doesn't float up into the top 10. Agreed. There's a number of guys there. So, um, look, I think there are limited places that you could send Jeff Carter just because of his desire of where he wants to play. Yeah. Uh, and he's made enough money in his career that he's going to kind of, even without the no trade protection, he's going to be able to uh, um, he navigate the waters right, a little exactly. bit. Yeah, he, He'll and determine if he wants to go where he's going to go. It's a respect factor too, right? I mean, you're gonna, he's going to factor in. You're going to bring him into the equation at some point and say, hey, Jeff, just a heads up. Teams A, B, and C are looking mm -hmm. at you. For sure. Any any objection. He's not turning away the money. He's got mm -hmm. four million bucks left to go on his on his deal after this season. He's not gonna turn away the money. But 
Out of respect. Uh, well, that third year he could because it goes down each year, right? It's and, two and two, though, isn't and it? And doesn't it get to the one million, I thought? I, I think it, I mean, we could check. Okay, but, but what the point is that, right. yeah, that, that the cash cost is certainly less than what the cap is. We've talked yeah. a little bit about that as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure that the Kings would want to retain money on that deal in order to let Carter leave. They might have to retain money on a, on a quick deal, but um, they're going to be very selective on who they would retain See, money on. Retain, I, I'm not sure this owner is going to let them retain any more money. On it, would be, it would be minimal on, on like the Carter deal. There's, That's true. It's you can only retain, retain 50% of the money, and there's just not enough money left on it yeah. to make a big deal. You, if you had to retain a little bit of money to help Philadelphia, fine, but it's not like they're being asked to retain $18 million left on the contract. Yeah, yeah that, yeah. Mr. No, they, Mr. A. Right. It's two, the next two seasons. Okay. It's two and two. It's two it's and two. Three, yeah. It's three this season. Oh, it cash. drops to two. Okay. Yeah, it drops okay. to two. That's where the moon down. It's very, very, uh, very it's affordable. Minimal. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's and, minimal. I mean, I don't see this team terminating any more contracts. You guys? No, I hope not. No, I don't. I don't. No, I don't see a contract that they would need to terminate. Right. Um, you know, again, back to the respect thing. I think if that there was a deal with Carter, that would be more of him deciding to announce that he was retiring earlier if he didn't play the final year of his contract more than they would announce. A and there's no buyouts they need to do. No, they're, 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 they're in really good cap shape they moving are. forward. They're and really um, and especially they're going to be in even better cap shape once they trade a lot of these guys that we'll talk about during the second period today. Great. A little bit of looking ahead. So you play the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. Um, then there's the break that's yeah. coming up. Uh, then you have the All-Star game as well. We know Kopitar is going to be attending. Uh, and then on the 29th at home, there's a home game against Tampa Bay. They have another game against Anaheim in there. And then seven or nine on the road. Uh, before that nine-game homestand that starts at the end of February. We'll talk a lot about that uh, coming up as well uh, because there are some things tied to the jersey stuff that we'll talk about in the second period. But right. it's it's a weird, funky schedule right now, right? It's crazy. And then it just seems like they're going to be home forever. I think this is game 50 for them tonight in Philly, and they've played 28 road games and 22 home games. Okay. And it's not even about the uh, Grammy. You know, the, the Grammy uh, homestand? Yeah, it's just it's it's been crazy. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but uh, they just have to play better. DB, you're going to have to do, Why? Why do they have to play? For what? What are they playing better for? Because I watched that Florida game, and it's like, that was a mail-in. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a mail-in for 50. And I, you look at, and people like, They had look picked the up too many points in the previous 30 days. Yeah, okay. because you have to keep the point total low if you want to increase your lottery odds. Okay. So every- They were afraid of all the gators that they saw. And they didn't want it, you know, there were nightmares and stuff. It, it affected their play. So, Dave, talk to us about this because you're the social media guy. You're, you're keeping up. You're plugged into what's going on. So it was the dad's trip, right? Yes. Which was very underplayed coming into it. It wasn't, they didn't make, seem to make a big deal about it like they have no. in past years. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, the dads are on the trip. Yeah, everybody was posting them and their fathers <laughs> right. all over the place. And going, what? When did they get there? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe nobody told the players. Maybe they didn't even know that the dads, <laughs> the dads just showed oh, up. Yeah, it was like one of those military surprises where, right. you know, the kid comes home from school and dad's there that's what it was it was just so matt luff just showed up at the hotel and pops was chilling in the lobby bar right right okay that would have been yeah that's exactly where he would have that's where all of the fathers actually would have been just at the bar hey boys what are you doing here i'm just hanging out in florida what are you doing (laughs) some properties it's funny though because a lot of teams that that don't you know that aren't in florida every unless you're in that division all the teams that aren't in that division that visit Florida that have the back-to-back Tampa Florida games, they always seem to have a bit of, hit a bit of a rut in that period because there's always an extra day or two. I remember a couple seasons ago, Toronto went there and they had a few days off in between games. So before they played the Panthers, they went on this fishing expedition and somebody tweeted about it and accidentally posted pictures or a video and they were completely 
just hammered. Yeah. yeah, just totally <laughs> hammered and destroyed. And and then they got shellacked by the Panthers after. So there's something about okay. those Florida trips for the, for a lot of these teams that seem to go south. So Van- for- Vancouver got crushed. They gave up like 35 goals in two games or something like that. 35 <laughs> goals? Really? That's impressive. Yeah. Something like that. That's, That's what they really, thought. Okay, really That's hard to do. That's what they thought do. it was. Yeah. All right. Um, so it, forget about Vegas is what you're saying. It's not that Vegas curse, the whiskey curse is not a thing. It's, it's Fort, Florida. Fort Lauderdale area. Okay. It's yeah. not Miami? It well, I mean, maybe they'll, they'll venture down. It's okay, that, but they don't like stay in minutes. Miami because it's at, they're in Sunrise. So oh, they never really. Yeah, get, they stay in because the NBA has all the hotels booked up, so they're they're hanging out in Sunrise. <laughs> well, no, but that's where they play the games, though. Okay, and the, How, if they had well, played, Kovalchuk was gone, so they couldn't crash yeah. in his place. Who? <laughs> that that guy? You can, I, no, don't bring up that name to John. <laughs> he's he's beyond over over over. We're over. done. We're done uh, talking about that player. That's why yeah. I don't even listen to DB on his radio hits anymore because he starts every one of them off with the breaking news. On Ilya Kovalchuk. Wait, wait, wait. I'll, give you, I'll give you the take this morning. Okay. So we're doing hot stove with Dave, and we at the mm-hmm. end of the show, we I think you we pick the games that we choose, right? right. Okay, the game that we're looking forward to, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna pick uh, Vegas and Can- and the Canadians because I want to keep track of, of course you uh, do. Ilya Kovalchuk's <laughs> heart campaign since he's come on. Oh, he's now he's up for heart. That's what I just said. The, the mid season awards for the PHWA. I think they're due on Monday. I just completed <laughs> yeah. filling out my. Did, exactly. So did you put Kobe down for your no, number I, five? I had, had him one, two, and three. Oh, what, really? That, okay, yeah, I had one, two, three. But I mentioned that. I said, yeah, oh, I, Kovalchuk is continuing his heart campaign right. for the Canadians. Like, Frank Saravelli is yeah, going to call him uh, Dennis. I think there's something wrong with your ballot. What's going <laughs> exactly. on here? Why is it say? Kovalchuk, Kovalchuk, <laughs> Ilya Kovalchuk. I just and, love and it. And why is he up for the Norris, too? What's, go, what's <laughs> going on? DB's just, I'm really I've, impressed I've with this play. This. I've watched him up close. I'm riding this horse until <laughs> okay. it's dead. Right. Great. Wait till it's dead and then just keep riding it so that we can all just keep hearing about it. It's it's the theme of John, the year. John's the best. I'm so, He's the best I'm so done with the whole, who cares? I really appreciate being part of this because I can see your facial expressions oh, going through fantastic. this whole thing. I have no it's idea. Like this is good stuff. Hey, look, Kovalchuk said his face is good. Gust on it. Yeah. Crazy. And then it's like I was on with Boomer a couple weeks ago, and he goes, Yeah, you know, so I saw your tweet saying that you're done talking about Kovalchuk, but just like one more time. Let's just sort of like, let's just, just bring us up to speed. I'm like, Oh, God, here we go. All right. For the last time, here, this is my take on Kovalchuk. Look, great guy. All the teammates love him. We all know, you know, he's, there's nothing wrong. You know, just a bad fit for this Why's team. a bad fit? No, yeah. Bad just fit. best of luck. Wish him well. All right. Moving on, on the, loop. the Kovalchuk bad thing. Fit. Um, so, so yeah, so floor, so they went, what did the Kings do? They went gator hunting or what? Watching gator watching. Gator, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they went on the boats and they, they explored the, on these pontoons and explored, I guess where the gators live. Okay. So they checked that out and, and then they, you know, indulged in a few. Is it beverages. like dolphin? I'm being serious. Is it like dolphin watching? I, like what do you wait for like the gator to come up to your boat or like, what do I, you, what do you do? I think so. I've but it's, been. it's, it's like shallow water. It's not the ocean. Okay, it's fine. Like, you're you know, on those airboats, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like through the Everglades. Okay, but those those airboats they don't have like little walls or gates or whatever. So couldn't no. theoretically, if you weren't yes. going like super fast, couldn't a gator just like hop up onto the deck of one of those? I would think so. Yeah. I, I would. I guess. Okay, we need to get a, a gator expert on here. To, uh, to, to talk to, to us more about yeah gator hunting. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we keep intriguing. threatening to bring Matt Luff on, um, yeah. and I know you know he has a lot of other commitments with his underwear modeling career and stuff. <laughs> but uh, if maybe we could get Luff on to to talk about what what went down, you know, because if we ask Brownie, he just just be really like anything. one or two no. short word answers. Yeah, it w- it, it would not be a compelling podcast. No, it was 
It was, it was okay. Good. We had fun. We had fun. It was fine. You know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good. Right. Luffer will give a few more probably explanations yeah and words yeah in general. or drew we'll have to ask drew about it when the when, oh, the, when, they, it. when they come back into town um db so you were disappointed in the in the loss in florida because you wanted to see more yeah well what about the flip side of it if you want to if you want to paint with an optimistic brush they're down for nothing uh with nine minutes left and then they started moving they started going they started yeah but the, the todd todd's comments after the game he, tell me that he they, wasn't they, happy he was not happy and they, and they were making mistakes you know it's it's like they're making mistakes they shouldn't be making this far down the track. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, and I get the effort because the effort wasn't there, but I think the, the other salient point of Todd's comments were that the the, the structure and the, um, the the positioning and where players should be defending wasn't there. And this, you know, 50 games in, you shouldn't be making those mistakes. So, and maybe there's a redemption here. I think that's certainly going to Philly. It's a different attitude, different arena. I mean, it's tough playing in Florida anyway because there's no fans. So I, I certainly think if they get, if there aren't any fans. Um, in Tampa? Just a subtle no, no, shot. Florida. They played in Florida. Sunrise. Yes. Sunrise. Yeah. So the Panthers. The Panthers. Oh, you're being specific to that game, yes, not to the yes. state. Okay, yes, I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep up. Yeah. That's why you can't name your team after the whole state. It needs to that be. That is tough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the I Sunrise think, Panthers. I think this let, coming off a bad effort, what I call a bad effort, despite the game, um, going into Philly because you know the fans are going to be more intense. There, there are a lot game. of fans in Philly. There are. I can guarantee you that the, the fans in Philly will be hyped for the game tonight. And, and um, this is the last game before the break. You got to give a full effort. I mean, this, this tonight's going to be. This is the last minute of play way, in the way, period. Unless you're already looking ahead to the break and you've already started worrying about your Cash plans out. to Cabo yeah, and everywhere else. Maybe. Then, and know. the team's lost six out of seven, and, you know, you're worried about getting traded. So, yeah, maybe. We'll see. But I, I would think that off that, I think Todd's going to, like, probably lean into them and say, look, let's go here. Like, so he's going to do what? Like, put Blake Lazada up at the one C and maybe let Kobe ride wing on the third line to get him going again? Or what? what's. Not that. No, just, okay. You know, just who's know. playing with Drew tonight on the top pair? That's always a fun game. Uh, Forbert. Uh, yeah, there you go. Forbert. Forbert. I like Forbert. I, I would nominate Forbert. Okay. He's he's got that that showcase. Yeah. Kind of thing going exactly. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay. out there. Okay. All right. That'd be good. All right, guys. I think that's a wrap on the first period with the Kings and their schedule. We're going to come back in the second period, and I don't know if you can feel it, but the trade winds are blowing. We'll talk about that when we come back after the break. Cause I can't wait for live forever. No, I can't wait for live forever either. So I'll find my own Second period, boys. Welcome back. Dave Panyota sitting in for the whole show today. DP, you hanging in there okay? I'm good. I stretched during the intermission. Okay, 60 perfect. Minute Dave, let's go. Perfect. All That's right. It. Is that his new nickname? Yeah, 60, 60 Minute, minute Dave. Dave? Let's go. The, I wish. the trade winds. <laughs> Let's get back to this. The uh, The trade winds are blowing, guys. We're, we're about a month away, a little over a month away from the NHL trade deadline. Um, let's go through the players because we all continue to get hammered on Twitter with the questions of when are they going to make a move? When are they not? Who's getting traded? What's the return value? Um, and uh, I have a little bit of information as I'm known to do before we record the Kings of the podcast. Um, I reached out to us some sources and management, tried to get a feel for what's going on. And first of all, here's what I'm told. Okay. Don't expect any trade by the LA Kings prior to the all-star break. Now, 
Obviously, there could be a trade, and because I've said it now, there will be the minute the show is done recording. <laughs> that's just great. that's the way it works. It's going to be a nine-player trade. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, just from from all indications, obviously they're they're making their phone calls, they're doing their due diligence, they're trying to to find their dance partners. But it doesn't appear that anything's going to be happening before the trade deadline. I'm sorry, before the All Star break. Right. And in fact, it looks like most of their deals will probably come closer to the trade deadline. So I want to get into that a little bit about okay. the difference. Um, well, first, why don't we just do it right now? So last year, there was a lot of talk when the Jake Muzzin trade went down because some people believed uh, that that the Kings could have gotten more from they Muzzin held. if they would have waited. And okay. I've long argued that that's the wrong thing to do because what you do is you set your price, and once somebody hits your price, Boom. you pull the trigger on the yep. deal. And so Toronto met the price. That's what they expected. And interestingly enough, uh, well, the guy last show told us we like to toot our own horn, so I'll say this. Yeah. A while before that... <laughs> Uh, we had tried to tell people that what the Kings were looking for in return was a first and a second and a third asset. Yeah. And in fact, what they ended up getting was a first and two prospects. And you're looking at second round uh, uh, type prospects. So they, yeah. it, it hit the target of what they were trying to get there. So once Toronto hit the mark, then you pull the deal. There was no advantage no reason to the to Kings wait. to and wait. And the player could get injured. And now Jake Muzzin is injured in, e- exactly. in Toronto. And so that's why once involved. you get your price, you want to go ahead and make the deal. That's what most GMs will tell you and most people in hockey. So that being said, said nobody's calling right now giving them the prices that they're looking for for some of these players so if somebody does call before the trade deadline that's fine but the other thing is this the market always dictates a little bit of this and this year it's more of a seller's market and i think that we're going to lean on dave here a little bit to talk to us about Kreider and 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 pajot and dumba and some of the other guys around the league but it's a seller's market this year there's just not a lot there's no inventory there yeah there's no inventory there you go (laughs) there's a lack of inventory um so it's going to it's going to be different than last year and people are more likely to wait because they're trying to sort of figure out what's going on and then there's going to be a flurry of activity and we all know it's sort of a, a copycat league and that's going to yeah. set the price like Kreider could potentially set the price for some of the other guys. But uh, what we what we want to do here is let's go through the Kings. So here's a quick list of guys that you could expect to move and then we'll come back through them and we'll talk about what their value is. You have uh, 73, Tyler Toffoli, 77, Jeff Carter, 22, Trevor Lewis, 13, Kyle Clifford, 15, Hutton, 6, uh, Ryan, 24, Forbert. One of the goalies has to move. We'll get to that, 32 or 36, uh, which is uh, Jack Campbell mm-hmm. or Jonathan Quick. Quick right. uh, Paul Ledoux is still in the mix as well. I'm not sure what the return would that be for that would be. And then 27, which is Alec Martinez. So let's start at the top. First of all, none of these players from, in checking with my sources, and Dave, if you, or, or DB, even for you for that matter, if you have any difference, let me know. There is not a player on here that's going to yield the Kings a first-round pick. There are no first-round picks that are expected back in the Kings deal. Correct. The closest I think would be seventy three, mm-hmm. but I I don't expect the team to pay that price. If you're a Kings fan, root for the Rangers to keep winning, so maybe they think about keeping keep Chris Kreider. And if that happens, then it that, it gets right. closer to that because I I think there's a lot of pretenders who think that this player could, could make a difference. But I agree with you. I I would like we would all sign yesterday. For first round pick, I think mm-hmm. as we've all talked about, they're targeting a second. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a third and a, and a secondary prospect for mm-hmm. Toffoli right now. But if a team called today with a second round pick, I think they'd pull the trigger on the. I'm yeah. pretty sure actually they yeah. would, but not a pull the trigger round. on that deal because no one's calling with the first, and they don't have any delusions of grandeur sort of in that regard. Right. Um, if they can end up getting two seconds, I still think that that's phenomenal. Yep. Yes. And one of the things also to talk about relative to to draft picks, because some people are going to look back when we get to Martinez and talk about the value of some of the other picks. Those other picks, second round, third round, fourth round, 
They all have value, guys, because that's capital that the Kings, probably as much if not more than any other team, have shown a real ability to wheel into something else. Right. Trade currency. Yeah, trade currency. We were talking about this off air earlier today, DB, that... So you take the fifth-round pick for Dominic Kabalik, which everybody's up in arms about. Because he's scoring goals with Jonathan Taze, right, exactly. Okay, but for the 4,000th time, <laughs> okay, maybe we need to get this on a loop so we can just yeah. play it. The player would not sign in L.A., okay? They had Kings management members that made multiple scouting trips over multiple years to go overseas to try to get this player signed. It was nothing but a headache. I tweeted all this stuff out yeah, last year. Did. It's all there if people want to see it, okay? They couldn't get the player signed. So... Anything that you get back in return in that situation, to me, is worth something because there's the flip side of that is if you don't get anything back, then you, like you have nothing. So wouldn't isn't a fifth round pick better than nothing? Yeah, and, this, and it, it, well, it's not exclusive. It's not an exclusive situation in L.A. Adam Fox mm-hmm. and and a few other players that, that the. the, the they just they said no. I'm not going to sign here. So see you later. And let's go all the way back to the beginning. This was a 2013 seventh round pick. This That's the other part that kills me, guys. The yeah. day they drafted him, the day they drafted that player in the seventh round, if you were realistically paying attention, you should have thought that day to yourself, well, there's a guy that's probably statistically never going to play for the LA Kings, right. okay? Because it goes down to about a 25% chance when you're in the second round. Do you know right. how far down it goes? Low single digits when you get to the seventh round. They flipped right. a seventh round pick who was never signing in LA right. for a fifth round pick which that in and of itself is impressive right. enough. And then what did it turn into? Follow it through that mm-hmm. fifth round pick along with Nate Thompson ends up getting wheeled and you eventually end up with the fourth round pick who ends up giving you Kim the Finn, who we've talked a lot about. And uh, we just had uh, here. Here's a shameless plug. We just mm-hmm. had in the honorable mentions of the um, L.A. Kings prospect rankings. And what I'll tell you related to that player is several people in Kings management said that guy is knocking on the door and could have been inside the top 15. Mm-hmm. He's one of the real potential movers out of the honorable mentions group. Right. So fast forward a year or two, there's some uh, people that are really impressed with this kid over in Liga. He's scoring. Uh, he just scored on the road the other day uh, coming out of the world junior break. So, you know, you have something now in that fourth round pick right. that certainly has more upside and John, than Dominic Kabalik ever had. Right. And then on the chessboard, maybe down the right, you, he'd be part of a package to get some established. Absolutely. Too, so you don't know. So, so to say that he was traded for a bag of pucks, like one person who didn't really follow the pattern block of what him. happened here, right? Just didn't happen. <laughs> I like to block, by the way, DB, little uh, uh, I, Penyota, I like to block people and Dennis is more into muting him. So that they just, it, what do you say? They just talk to themselves. They talk to themselves. Talk they to themselves. Think they're getting through <laughs> no. to me. And, I'd rather block them because I want them to know, like, you are an idiot and I don't want to listen to you anymore. <laughs> block. Yeah, I've I've never blocked or muted anybody. Really? Um, wow. It's fun. It's I wanted empowering. to punch a few people. He's obviously not sensitive. I wanted to knock out a few He's people. He's not as sensitive as we but are, obviously. I like to, I like to see it. Because then, really? Because I like to see the train. Because some people, some people chirp, and they'll go at you all day, and they'll go at you for like, you know, two, three days in a row, and then it trickles, and they get bored. And then they get defeated. That's that's the way I view it. Okay. Like okay. You like to bleed them out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is feeling very cut it, very right? Godfatherish right Just now. Just slow cut it. Okay. All right, douchebag. Let's see how long this is gonna go. All right. Yeah. You got nothing. All right. I'm so, gonna try that. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, like, I'm like gonna to try to bleed it. them out. It's self validating. <laughs> okay. Is it? Yeah. It makes okay. you feel really good. Really? At the, at the moment. Okay. You're, when it starts, you're kind of oh. like, all right. Here's a guy. I gotta, oh. You know. Yeah. Something's gotta go. 
yeah. or the neck or something. Okay. But then you got to yeah, just gotta wait it out. Okay, okay. I'm All gonna right. try to bleed a few of these guys out as we get closer to the trade <laughs> deadline. Then uh, 77, Jeff Carter. Uh, look, it, it's a tough, tough trade to make because of the term that's left, because of the age. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, what are the optics on that if you end up trading Jeff Carter for a fifth round pick? Like, how, how does that yeah. sit with a fan base that idolizes this guy? And like I said, it's played over 500 games, you know, for the LA Kings. It, it, just quickly, Dave, yeah, it, it's a combination of uh, not just saving face with the fan base. It's also standing your ground with the other 30 GMs in the league mm-hmm. to say, well, here's a guy like Jeff Carter that, you know what? If he's put in the right situation, maybe he's all of a sudden a 25-goal scorer next season because he's playing with two other guys that will complement his style or something like that. He's not going to be the same Jeff Carter he was, mm-hmm. but maybe he's potting in 20, 25 because of the complementary pieces. Wait, that guy was just taken around for he was just taken over for a fifth round pick or fourth round pick or whatever. So you got to be cautious there from from that side of things too. It's not so much half these guys don't give a crap what the fan base thinks in terms of the trade. They don't even that, know. No, yeah, they, they don't care. It's all right. Well, hold on a second. How's this going to affect me? My next potential deal with the thirty other guys that I got to deal with on a daily basis that are blowing up my phone. Mm-hmm. Or you hold them till next trade deadline. And if he's still productive next season, then yeah. then you might you get a, a higher return because there's less term on it. If you can, if you can prove to the fact that he could do it, and if the team's going to be appreciably maybe a little better next, they season, they will be a little better. Okay, for sure. So then maybe his numbers go up. So yeah, I, I that, that's a dicey one. It is because, but again, um, it's a price, John. If somebody comes and says third round pick. It's also a player that you could potentially move in the summer yeah, because right. then you have a full solid season under your belt. Agreed. I don't know where the goal totals would end up to your point, Dave, but yep. you have a full solid season under your belt. And over the summer, it might be a little bit more palatable for a team that's looking to maybe make wholesale roster changes. Yeah. Not that Minnesota would be the team, but just you look at a team like that who's yeah. going to make a lot of changes, changes. over yeah. the next 12 months and maybe there's something there. And then tying into that, the respect factor coming into play, you don't have to up and move tomorrow you got the summer to kind of transition. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 22, Trevor Lewis. Uh, in checking with some people from sort of what I understand, um, you're probably looking at a mid-round pick, uh, you know, similar to a Nate Thompson type yeah, deal. I mean, pick, right. There could be some conditions attached to it, and there should be a number of teams that would be interested in a guy like Trevor Lewis, and I just don't see him back in Los Angeles. No, I don't see it. I mean, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can play all the forward positions, mm-hmm. play it well. He's a Solid guy, good leader. He's won before. He's he's going to help a contender. Mm-hmm. Absolutely help a contender. Give him some legit minutes on the bottom, you know, bottom six forwards. And I certainly think he can help a team. I wrote this list down in no particular order, so it's it's unfortunate that Kyle Clifford is here. But um, Clifford is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. If you're a longtime Kings of the Podcast listener, you know that we went into this in depth at the beginning of the year. Um, nothing has changed, from what I understand, in checking with multiple people earlier today before we came on air. Uh, it looks like the Clifford thing is going to be the last card that's going to get sort of played out. They mm-hmm. want to move all the other pieces, see right. what they have, see what they were able to get in return. They can get something there's even a chance and don't laugh when I say this, that they could get more for Kyle Clifford than Tyler Toffoli. That is crazy when I say that. Okay. But it is, but it is absolutely true. However, they don't want to move Kyle Clifford. So the only way that Clifford gets moved is a, if he wanted to get moved or was willing to, but also if they weren't able to get the return on some of these other players, then they could potentially move Clifford. And I, and and DB, you and I've talked about this. I don't like, you talk about dicey. I don't like the, this, this concept of, Look, give him an opportunity to win somewhere else, move him, get some assets to help the team for the future, and then in the summer, he will come back. There's no guarantee of that, guys. 
He yeah. goes to another city. He likes it. His wife likes it. I mean, hell, I'm just picking a city. He goes to Dallas. You don't think Kyle Clifford's going to like Dallas, Texas? <laughs> Kyle Clifford. Do you know what Kyle Clifford drives and, you know, the offseason and what he does and what he looks like? Like, yeah. he's not wearing black chucks like I am. I can tell you that. He's, he's going to fit <laughs> just fine in Dallas. And if they were to go on and somehow win a championship and then he bonds with that organization. And they offer him a, a two-year deal? A four-year deal even, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is a guy who he's, he's not going to have multiple offers on the table. This is not a, a Jonathan. Tavares type, you know, yeah. uh, uh, no, I, situation. it's a culture issue. This is this is the culture player. This is the one guy that, rightfully so, they would wait till the end of the road, and they want to bring one. back. They want they want him back. So a lot of things have to go wrong in order for Kyle Clifford to end up somewhere else. In, in my opinion, when, when you've got a team in a in a in a an environment that the Kings are in right now and are going to be in next season, and and evolving from that the season after that. He's the type of player you need on your team to complement and to coach these younger kids that are coming in. Not even just on the ice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, in, every, in every situation. Off the ice, practice, on the road, on the plane, everything. He's, he's a guy that'll, that works really well for a lot of these kids that need to understand the culture of the LA right. Kings. Mm-hmm. And who isn't a star player. Right. Uh, he's, he's a legit Therefore, guy. he's relatable. You, you, yep. you relate to him. Yeah. Right. When you, when you're a 21 year old kid coming in, like, it's hard to relate to Kopitar. You know, he's, he has the mansion yeah. and the compound and, you know, he's the C <laughs> on his chest. And it's like, that's, that's a, that's intimidating yeah. no, to, to these young players. It, 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 you're a hundred percent. And, and you know what, look, there, there haven't been any contract talks with him either. That is correct. Yet. As confirmed as of this morning. And, but I, I, I totally agree with you. The, the preference is, is to keep him. Mm-hmm. But if a team turns around and says third round pick, that's a tough that that's going to be a, a, a debatable topic. I disagree with you. In, inside management, I'd be shocked if Kyle Clifford left for a third round pick. There's no way. Third round pick. I think Rob hangs up the phone and doesn't even take the call. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I know it, I know it sounds counter to what I said earlier about having a mid round pick and the currency that it gives you and whatever. Mm-hmm. The culture value of this particular player is worth so much more right, I can see that. than the third round pick that you're going to get or the fourth round pick for Trevor Lewis that you just you can't do it. Now, I'll, 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 so to back your point, if 73, 22, et cetera, et cetera, are gone mm-hmm. and they collect those picks, yeah. then I think the mindset is absolutely that. That's their hope. You that's, that, that's their blow hope. Blow me out of the water or he's sticking around. Right. That's their hope. Yeah. Yeah. Their, I, I ho- could, their hope is that they're able to get a collection of picks mm-hmm. that satisfies their need, even though they know they're not getting back a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And then they're able to go, okay, let's, let's uh, ink Clifford to a long-term deal and, you know, let's keep him around because we need him. Yeah. I could, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, and, and there've been no contract talks with any of the pending UFAs. Uh, so. Gee, every, I wonder why. Everyone, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So everybody's in the same boat. Um, but right to to your point, and and to also back your other point from earlier in terms mm-hmm. of the value might be higher than than Trevor Lewis. No, no, no. Then then seventy three. Well, then seventy three. Yeah. Well, I think seventy three. So I'm going to disagree on the okay on the the price. I think the 
preferred price is a second round pick and a prospect for Tafoli or, or a young asset for Tafoli Tyler Tafoli. Yeah, no, that is the preferred. Okay, yeah. nobody's calling with that right now. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the asking price. Yeah. If you're if you if you call up with a third and a prospect, they're waiting. They're like, yeah, we're going to play the waiting game because yep. we think that we think that the that the return is going to be higher as we wait this thing out. This is it. Agreed. It, it, I guess in a way, it's kind of like the Muzzin thing because they set their price for Muzzin, and once Toronto called and hit it, done. Then that's a then done deal. Nobody's yeah. called with a second round pick for Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. If you call tomorrow and offer a second and a prospect, you can have him. He's the, the, the trade is done. Yeah. 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 No, that, that and, and the, the, the Kreider Toffoli connection there. I mean, I think Kreider, because the Rangers all of a sudden are now, you know, seven, six, seven points back and they got two games in hand. And an I, advantageous schedule here. Right. They're going to stay in the race. I think Kreider is going to be one of those guys that's going to go D-Day. Mm-hmm. I think Toffoli is going to go ahead of time because I think that price is going to be locked in and teams are going to say, well, I'm not going to pay this for Chris Kreider. So okay, let's go Toffoli route. All right. Uh, there are a couple of other guys on the list here. So 15 and six, I don't think they net you anything in return. Dennis, uh, 15. I know you, you have a like, my for guy, that's ben. your guy. I know. I think that would be a f- trade him to Montreal. He can link up with Kovey and they can go make a run there in the East. <laughs> that would be my new team. That No, uh, you're on the air there every other day, so that'd be fine. <laughs> Fifth, sixth conditional pick for Hutton. No, for Ryan. Uh, I seven. can't see anything coming back for Ryan. I think that if you no. you probably would see him on the on the on the waiver wire to get back to, <laughs> down to Ontario. Shoe, just one though, no. just one, one shoe. shoe. Okay, um, that would be a bummer. Is it a flip flop or is it at least like a tennis shoe or? It's not a Chuck. No, it's, no, it's gonna not. Be, it's just, it's not yeah. a dress shoe either. So. No. Okay. As long as it's not a mandal, we're in good shape. Okay. By the way, I'm, I got to hand it to you, DB. I figured, I mean, uh, Panyota, I thought you'd be in like a V-neck t-shirt when I showed up today or The V-neck's mandals. under. Is I got it? the V-neck under the sweater okay. right now. All right. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by the American Apparel new line of uh, V-neck t-shirts. Finished him. Oh, it's a VG. There, there you, you go. go. Even better. So. Even better. Okay. Uh, 24 would be next on the list here. Uh, Derek Forbert. I think he's, to me at least, he's one of the more intriguing players in this mix because he's one of the hardest players to put a value on. I've talked to several guys in management and even around the league and sort of asked like, what's the return on 24? There's sort of, everybody agrees on 27. Everybody agrees on 73. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows the value. You get to 24 and it's just, it's all over the board. Like it could be a second round pick. It could be a conditional fifth. It's just insane for a former first round pick, a guy who has been up until the season, very healthy, very Very steady. And you know, uh, he's a reliable stay at home defenseman who played very well alongside drew Doughty. You know, he's probably not a top pairing defenseman on a Stanley cup team, but he's a really solid player. Let's not diss Derek Forbert. A four or five on a contender. Fabulous. Great contract. Yep. Durable. Yep. And he's healthy, right? Contract's a big factor in that. And I think that's going to, that's going to dictate part of the price. Because he's at two and a half. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a good number. Is, mm-hmm. is my point. I mean, you know, looking at some of the other guys that are out there, there's a lot of defensemen that are available uh, this time of year compared mm-hmm. to com- comparison. To, okay, first of all, from a rental perspective, so mm-hmm. expiring contracts. There are a lot of defensemen that are available versus forwards, top tier, top line forwards, second mm-hmm. line. There's no top line forwards. Really. I, I, you can argue Kreider and. I guess to Foley because he's playing there right now, but it's 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 a couple second line guys. You got depth guys, and then it's defense. But Forbert for what he brings to the table. First of all, there aren't that many steady stay at home guys that are available. 
and the price tag is fantastic from a cap perspective. Yeah, because wouldn't most of the guys be in the three and a half to five million range? Yes. And he's coming in at two five. Right. Big guy, long stick. He can play a physical game if he needs to. Hell, he just came back from injury. He drops the gloves in his first game back yeah. in Ontario. I mean, this guy, he's not uh, he's not afraid to get physically involved. No, fully healthy. They they made sure that they that he was a hundred and ten percent ready to get back into into game situations. Um I, I see I see teams that need that guy. There, a lot of teams are going to look to New Jersey first, mm-hmm. and they're going to say, is Andy Green willing to waive his no trade, captain of the Devils, pure stay-at-home guy, and, and take a chance with my team to go for a Stanley Cup? Whatever the answer is, I think Forbert is the backup mm-hmm. for a lot of teams for that caliber, that type of a player. That cap hit, I could see the price being surprisingly solid for, for that particular player. And I think the expectation is, let's wait this out. Let's see if we can maximize that price. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, look. Look at Carolina. Dougie Hamilton. He's not Dougie Hamilton, right? But they could use certainly not another depth they have right now in the blue line. And he's affordable. So, yeah, I think absolutely. So, I think it does drive it up because of the contract. It's a really, really good contract. Islanders. Yep. Washington. Toronto. Washington, they don't need any help. They're down 4-1 today, and they just and they come can. back and score five unanswered goals. What do they need? They have all the well, offense in the world. They don't need defense. But they, they always make one move, Washington. They, they're like Pittsburgh. Right. It's a they, they're just like, you, you, get, you, you can bet money that they're going to make a yeah. move yep. on trade deadline day. It's not a big impact guy. No. It's going to be the, the, the character type of player yep. that just gives you enough to get over that hump. And for what they need, those three teams. The insurance policy. Yeah, Caps, Caps Leafs, Islanders. I put those three teams as as teams that would or have listed him as as a target. The next one's interesting, John. Go I want to come back to the goaltenders. Oh, in you just do. A second. Oh, just, okay. Sorry, just because I want to mention. I just wanted to see I you want to, fi- I want to finish on defense and just okay, say with cool. twenty seven. Here's the really interesting thing. I think that, and I could be wrong, but I think that to LA Kings fans, they view Alec Martinez in the same light that they viewed Jake Muzzin. And for some fans, they actually think that Martinez is better than Muzzin. And I think it's going to be a very sobering uh, reality when the trade deadline comes because around the league, Alec Martinez does not carry the same cachet that Jake Muzzin does. Alec Martinez is a second pairing guy, maybe a third pairing guy, where Jake Muzzin is a first pairing, maybe second pairing guy, right? And so you get a first round and two healthy prospects in that deal for Muzzin, you're not getting anywhere near that no. for Alec Martinez. Your best case hope for Alec Martinez is a second and a third round pick. Bingo. You're probably getting two third round picks for right. Alec Martinez. And Kings fans have this emotional response to the player because Jazz of hands all, yeah, uh, all of that. Well, stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask you why is it, is it that, is it, is it's, it the goal? Is it for whatever reason there is a, a, I'm going to call it a significant portion. I don't know what the percentage is of fans that didn't like Muzzin in L.A. And it's funny Agreed. because there's even mm. half of that group who bitched and complained about him were then pissed off when they traded him. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You, yesterday you didn't like the player, and now you're mad that they traded the player. You can't have it both ways. But yeah. for whatever reason, Alec Martinez, um, you know, I don't know, maybe because, you know, the sexy good looks, you know, I don't know. Maybe because of the jazz hands, he scored yeah. a couple big goals in the playoffs, you know, whatever. There just seems to have always been people liked Alec Martinez, fans, that is, more than Jake Muzzin. But you're not going to get anywhere near no, the hall for no. Alec Martinez. Fine player, fine player. Yeah. But is not going to get you no, what Jake Muzzin close. did. So set your manager expectations. Your expectations. Yes, yeah. calibrate accordingly. Um, anything that you want to add uh, beyond what I just said there on the Alec Martinez before we get to the goaltender? No, I agree. Second and third, you would sign right now. And I think that you would move on. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. I, I th- yeah, either a third or the equivalent from a prospect perspective yes. to, a, to a third round pick. I think yes. second 
and pick or prospect. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When you're when you talk about a second uh, uh, round pick, you're looking at, at a higher end prospect, yep. more like a Grundstrom type thing. And then when you look at like, you know, when you say a third round pick, now it's a little bit deeper on yeah. the, the depth chart of a team's prospect pool. So, yes, you're not getting their number one or two prospect no. coming back in no, this deal. But if you get a second and a third for Alec Martinez, Rob Blake, you've done a fine job. Yep. Uh, let's round up this segment here talking about 32 and 36. Mm. Guys, we've covered this so many times. That it almost feels like repetition. But one of those goalies has to move prior to July 1st, okay? So whether it's at the trade deadline or whether it's prior to the draft, because Cal Peterson will be here next year in Los Angeles. And the question is, is he playing behind Jonathan Quick or is he splitting time with Jack Campbell? Um, And for those who don't follow the Ontario Reign, we can talk about it in the third period, guys, but I will tell you, Cal Peterson on Friday night, if you watch that game, you know why Cal Peterson is going to be with the LA Kings. Okay. He makes 50 saves. He's standing on his head, but he looks so solid, so square, as mm-hmm. Studs put it in the in uh, talking to him post game. But he looked locked in from the. You knew in the first two minutes of that game that the yeah, Ontario Reign were going to win because Cal Peterson was going to make sure of it. He has been the heir apparent to Jonathan Quick waiting in the wings in Ontario, and he's now going to be. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's in the NHL next year. Mm-hmm. Um, management has all but said that. They've all but told him that it was part of the contract negotiations when you look at the way his deal was was, was uh, constructed so the question is are they able to wheel 32 somehow some way or you know jack campbell might actually be able to get you some of your best return of any of the players that are on there you could get a second round pick and more for jack campbell potentially mm. in the right deal well he has term on his contract which is good the incredible problem, term but the problem is is that if you watch him play he's regressed He's okay. not been. The, he's not as good this season as he was last, and that's challenging. But when you see all these injuries to goaltenders, who knows, John? Again, it's a supply and demand thing. If you have another injury, he he's a and he's a really good guy. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no question about his character. You know, we nominated him here in, in L.A. for the uh, Matchton Trophy last season. Um, it, it's just that he, he he had an opportunity to grasp the starting role this year, right? And he didn't do it. Um, and I don't think you can. John, you can't uh, quick. You can't move at the deadline. I, I can't see a scenario where Jonathan Quick goes at the deadline. So I, I agree with you with respect to July first. Why, Why can't you move him? If I'm a smart, I, I honestly believe this. If I'm a smart GM, give me the team though. I don't see the. Team I already gave you the team once before, and you laughed at me. I think Colorado. I think if you really want to be serious about making a Stanley Cup run, you need a player like that. I think if you're the Arizona, and I know people don't like this either. If you're Arizona, I think that you want a Jonathan Quick. You, if you don't have one of the five elite goalies, there's there are only five. There's probably even less of the elite of the elite mm-hmm. of the elite goalies in the NHL right now. That is an area that you can shore up. But I personally think this is my take. I think GM spend far too much time trying to fix their defense and trying to fix their forwards at the trade deadline. And I think there's an opportunity for teams to go out and pick I up a goaltender. I just don't see it in, like, at the deadline. I don't see it. I, I think that, that John Chike is thinking that Darcy Kemper's coming back, right? I, I think it's a team that you can, you know. Why would you want to gamble that? You, you, you Look at the because goalie injuries in Arizona. and, and you, Because I, I'm thinking, John, that, that his landing place is a team that flops in the first round, that goaltending, like if, if Riddick doesn't play well in Calgary. Right. Or or the two Colorado because Colorado's window wasn't closed, John. If it was if it was like Nashville whose window's closing and they needed a goalie and the both both goals were bad, I could see that. But Colorado, I think they're gonna go with these two guys. And they fall on their face in the first round and get eliminated by a, a wild card team or they're playing Dallas. Like at that point in time, I think it would make a lot of sense. I think you need more I think it's more failure by goaltenders than injuries. That Why, not go, Why so, not go for it? Why not go for it? Okay, so I agree with both of you here. 
<laughs> Great. Okay. We're glad okay. you're on. No, no, no. Yeah, right defense here. And here's and here here are the points in which I agree with. Okay. Um, I don't see uh, so Arizona. I don't see that happening. I agree. It won't. Ha- I agree with you. It won't from, happen from a term perspective because of how much term is left. I see. I see. Chica going after a guy like a Jimmy Howard, a UFA goalie insurance policy this year. Regroup in the summer. When he regroups in the summer, he needs to loop back to Jonathan Quick because Quickie is the, <laughs> has the type of contract they love in Arizona, right? He has the cap value, which will which will help yeah. them. Let's change, they got the new owner now that's willing okay. to spend legit. Oh, okay, legit well, dollars. Okay, now I'm going to disagree. But it's still, from your point, it's still a, fifty it's a cents on the yeah. dollar. He goes yeah. down. He's like three million, and then down yeah. to you know, it's like yeah. crazy money that, to what you would get Jonathan Quick, yeah. who I still believe has the the, the talent. And the ability to win another he Stanley Cup. Healthy he, here. he has another chance and to win a Stanley have Cup. A great, he doesn't have the 74 Canadians in front of him. Too. So I agree with Dennis yeah. in terms of the unlikeliness that it happens in season. Mm-hmm. But if it were to happen in season, I agree with you, that Colorado makes the most sense. I think the Avalanche make the most sense for Jonathan Quick because I don't see Grubauer and whoever the hell the other guy is. I keep forgetting Frank him. Frank Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that, it's just, no. Okay. I just I don't see that tandem being enough. And the reason why I see Colorado doing it is they got the cap space they do. now and they're going to have it in the summer. And they have the roster to win. Yep. That team can win. They can come out of the yeah. West. Oh, totally. Colorado could absolutely 100%. come out they of the wanna, West. They want to make some they want to make some moves here. Joe Sackick's not screwing around. He wants to make some moves. He he he'd love to get Chris Kreider yesterday. And if the right thing falls into place, I could see the, I could see the quick scenario working out. Now if it doesn't happen, I think there's a very, very good chance that he's your guy that leaves at the draft. See, I disagree with you because here's what happens. If you can't move quick at the deadline, there's a damn good chance that Jack Campbell ends up getting moved at the deadline. And you're only moving one of them. You're not moving both of them over the next six months. Calgary's not calling at the deadline for a goalie. Edmonton's not calling at the deadline. Calgary should be calling because the Pacific is wide open. Anybody could win the division. And Arizona already has them beat. Arizona would roll Calgary in the playoffs. I agree with you. Okay, good. But oh. to your to and, and then agree again to your point <laughs> earlier that GMs focus on different areas. They do. They do. They, it's not the goaltending. I don't thing. know why. Back in the day, look, Colorado didn't screw around when they picked up Patrick Waugh. They took advantage of the situation Absolutely. in Montreal, pounced on it, and there you go. It doesn't happen and much anymore when I you're know. talking about star goaltenders. No, it doesn't. Well, so that's why I can see this happening in the offseason when Calgary goes, all right, Smith sucks. And Riddick no, is Talbot. just not enough. Or sorry, Talbot. Yeah, Talbot's not going to do it. Smith, Smith sucks too, though. Smith sucks <laughs> in Edmonton. Yeah. He'll be the UFS. So Edmonton's going to go, well, Smith sucks. And the other Koskinen. Fr- the other overpaid guy is just not going to work out. So those teams are going to turn around and go, okay, who's available? Mm-hmm. They're going to go after a guy and see what's going on with Braden Holpe. They're going to go after a guy and see what's going on with Jacob Markstrom in, in Vancouver. And then all of a sudden, Vancouver might enter the mix. And by the way the hell's happening in San Jose? Martin Jones, two years in a row now of just that's That's a concern. It's, it's, it's a long enough period of time that it's not a small sample size yeah. anymore. It's not a most small sample size. And you look at, don't even look at the, the save percentage, John. Mm-hmm. You watch him play games and he doesn't stop average shots. I have I have time. the easy fix though there, which is they need a goal, they need a different goaltending coach. And if and you're they, Martin Jones, yeah. there's a guy that's over in China that's available. Okay. Dusty, uh, yeah. You need to get Dusty back over here, and you need to pair him up. Um, you know the two have a relationship, mm-hmm. and he's going to be able to help him. So that's a good point. Yeah, I, 
look, goaltenders need, they're married to their goaltending coach. That's true. And, you know, for whatever reason, it's just not working with Martin Jones. And it hasn't been working for a long enough period of time that you better be damn scared or you better be prepared to your point, Dave. You better be prepared to go out and do something else to get another goaltender in there. I think, look, this, this team, this, this, the Sharks were, last year it was, they had enough firepower up front to get through it. Playoffs came around, then he woke up a little bit. This season, they're playing from behind every game. Every, uh, Brett Burns is on pace for a, a 60-point season after getting 82 last year, and he's a minus 1,000. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the guy between the pipes. I think, I think they're going to look... The game that's in Colorado, be another first option. shot of the game. Kushkin comes off the ring. Burns doesn't do a great job defending. Puck goes in the net. I mean, and with a guy who's been so bad all season, that's the last thing you want to happen. And when you're playing Colorado, it's the first shot and goes in the back. There are so many teams this summer that are going to look to figure out their goal. New Jersey, by the way, add them to the mix. Yep. There are going to be so many teams that are looking to figure out what the hell they got to do between the pipes that I think that's a perfect opportunity for that Jonathan Quick scenario to come into play. Unless Colorado says, screw it, let's, let's go all in now. I, I could see I could see the well, offseason being the time. There is a relationship between Joe Sackick and Rob Blake, so perhaps they can leverage that to their advantage. Guys, we're way over time in the second period, but I want to squeeze this one in before we wrap up. Sure. It's not necessarily trade-related, but it does tie back to San Jose and the Las Vegas situation. What a weird, wacky thing. We wake up in the morning, Gallant's fired. They bring in, of all people, Pete DeBoer. <laughs> what a weird situation to walk into that locker room right after what went down yeah. previously. And then to top it all off, Gallant's supposed to be the coach at the All-Star game. Oh, no, sorry, buddy. You're no, you're not only are you fired, don't come to the All-Star game either, and then you get Rick Tockett, my boy, right? He's the Jack Adams winner this year uh, for the Arizona Coyotes. What just a weird situation, but here's my question I wanted to ask you. Um, It sounds like Eric Belanger, former King, there is a tie into all this, that Belly went on French media apparently and said that from what he heard, his sources... That the problem was that there was a clash between the GM in Vegas and the coach about who should be getting playing time. I'm sure that both of you have a take on this. Um... (laughs) I wish people could see Dave's eyes when he looked over at Dennis you right now. There, <laughs> well, I think I'm not sure it's about a playing time. It's like when you that their last homestand mm-hmm. when they go down four nothing to LA at home mm-hmm. and they lose then they lose to Columbus the next game. I think this is I think this was a reactionary move by the owner. Very right that that saw other big time coaches get fired and say, okay, this team is underperforming. We're not playing well at home. And I also think, John, to be honest with you, is that. Everybody got paid up there. Mm-hmm. Like that, that th- it's not the team from two seasons ago. That was everybody. They don't have a chip, chip on, on their, their shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, no yeah. chip on their shoulder. Everybody's fighting for a contract now. Max came in, got paid. Stone, Dave's guy came in, got paid. Everybody got paid. Carlson got paid. Carlson's like on pace for what, 18 goals. It's a very different team they have now. Mm-hmm. And maybe he wasn't the guy equipped to, to motivate and coach this team. And maybe Pete DeVore is. But I think this had to come from, because they were talking, Elliot Freer mentioned an extension. So I got to think this is coming from the owner's box, Dave. What do you think? I talked to a couple players after nobody had any friggin' idea this was happening. Like, not even an inkling. No, this was a total left field move, yeah. right? Usually, usually you talk to a few guys in the room and they're like, uh, I guess it's So makes there was sense. no discord between the players and the and Nothing. The co- okay. Nothing. The guys were shocked. They couldn't believe it. Of course, because the coach was playing all of his guys. So there, was, there were no problems <laughs> between the coach. I just told you the problem was between the coach and the GM. Because the coach. Who kept, do they want to play? They don't have a defense. I don't know. <laughs> they don't have a, a legit defense. Let's call Belanger right now. Let's get Belly on the phone and ask him. More ice on. time. More ice time for the line that worked. This is the mindset. Go ahead. The three guys that worked in year one and, and worked for the most part last year. Marcus, so, um, 
Carlson and Smith. Yeah. They're not the main guys anymore. No. It, it, well, not when you bring in Pacioretty and Stone and some like, of these other and guys. Paul Stasny. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, well, it's Stasny. Right. Like, so, well, okay. Well, those now, are now your third line guys? You have yeah. Pacioretty and right. Stone. And <laughs> so now it's going, well, hold on. We're in a bit of a funk. We're not 10 points up on everybody. Play those guys more. Mm. Well, okay. You do your thing. I'll, right. I'll run the bench and the right. lines yeah, and right. you just, you know, shut the bleep up and, and I'll take care of it. It'll but the owner had the blessing. The owner's in the, in the, he's the only owner I see regularly in the locker room after games in Vegas, right? He's the, uh, you don't see well, him and, Tom, and, and Dundon. Okay. Well, in his, in his sweat. So, like, that, so this, this is it. also where the success of the first year is coming Agreed. back to bite them, right? Agreed. Because their plan was to quote unquote, win a Stanley cup or be a contender within five years. Right. They go to the cup final in the first year and now they think they have more than what they really have. And he's doubled down by throwing more money on all these right. trades. And, and they're raising prices guys. Of, the, of the, of the tickets. Now you can't the raise the prices anymore. They already are the highest price ticket they in the league. Again. They're raising again next season. So when they, when Galan got final fans, yeah. supply and demand, Right, yep. he got fired. The fans were upset about that. They're upset. But this had to come from Bill. Foley. Bill Foley had to bless it. It's a fact. Yeah, yeah. He, he played a, a factor step. in there. All right, yeah, absolutely did. That's the end of the second period. Trade wins and Vegas yeah. happenings. We're going to come back in the third. We're going to talk jerseys, the Ontario Reign, some prospects, and Panyota's wild adventures. <laughs> the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the mayor. All right. Whew. That was a long get, one. That was to get some coffee and some water. Did you stretch again, Dave? Oh, my you? God. I took a nap. <laughs> okay. I took a quick 40-second power nap. It's okay. It's good. The hammies. The hammies okay. are the ones. Are yeah. okay. We're back for the third period. And, boys, I have a lot of stuff to share here. And uh, part of it is going to be some stuff that we've covered or are about to cover on mayorsmanor.com. Yeah. So, first off, let's talk about the jersey. Um, everybody knows that probably listens to the show. I broke the story on the, the outdoor jersey back in November and uh, then kind of looped back. Great interview, I thought this week with Kelly Cheeseman, mm-hmm. um, AEG, AEG Sports COO. Want to give a thanks to Cheese, uh, somebody I've known for you know a couple decades now. He was your uh, season... He's your ticket bro. Way back in the day, T- yeah. So uh, Cheese has been around for a really long time, um, although we don't we don't travel in the same circles anymore. No, he's, no. he's in the AEG sports circles. <laughs> I'm in the, the Dennis Bernstein media circles. We, we're in two different worlds. Um, he, he doesn't answer my texts when I ask questions. Uh, he's not a good source. And I, that's one of my favorite quotes from Cheese. I asked him a question one time, and he said, I'm not one of your sources. So anyway, um, but look, uh, you know, I do want to give Cheese credit here because the Kings, obviously, you know, they're not happy all of the time when I break stories and, and do my job. I don't work for right. the team. I do my thing. And uh, But he was able to work with me uh, this week, and uh, we were able to do an interview and sort of tell the whole backstory, which I, I thought it was a great story, a really fascinating story mm-hmm. about the connection to the P-51 Mustang and, and the fighter planes. And yep. um, I learned a lot myself just about the whole thing. And then uh, looking at the overall jersey kit for the outdoor game in Colorado, I think it looks better as a kit than mm-hmm. it did just as a jersey. Thankfully, they're not wearing the, the white pants, the diapers. <laughs> Um, the white gloves are cool. How about that helmet, John? And then the helmet, I think, yeah. is super awesome. But, DB, how about this? I, I did some further digging after. You know me. I don't just no ever let a sleeping here. dog lie. No. So I have some new 
additional information no, that didn't make it into the article okay. uh, that I sort of learned throughout the week as things went along. So sure. first of all, don't be surprised if next season you see the silver helmet, the chrome helmet, right. with the silver jerseys really? as the Saturday night kit, right? You know oh. that the Kings only wear the silver jerseys on Saturday, Saturday nights. nights. That's yeah. the Saturday night special. Okay. So next year, there's a possibility, from what I understand, that would be fantastic. Um, that maybe Cheeseman will text me right now and tell me that I'm wrong. But that, from what <laughs> I understand and talking to some other people in the organization, the silver helmet could be part of the the silver Saturday night special kit. And that'd be really cool. I'm excited to see this silver helmet um, in, in Colorado. Right, right live. Yeah, yep. and and I don't know. Dave, did you get a chance to look at the silver helmet? It looked, honestly, it's pretty badass. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not the biggest supporter of the jersey itself. Okay. But those friggin' helmets are pretty badass. How about, I like them. Did, your, did your opinion of the jersey change at all when you saw the whole kit? Like when you saw it? Yes. With the black pants, with the white yes. gloves, with it's the whole... a lot better than I thought yeah. originally. I agree with you, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, still not the biggest you okay. know, fan of the jersey itself, but I think the the whole the whole look is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest takeaway for me is the helmet. And here's the one thing about this that I just can't seem to get enough people to to understand. It's a one-off jersey. Yeah. Right. So people get completely emotionally worked up over it and <laughs> yeah. want to compare it to the Gretzky jersey and to this jersey no. and to the purple and gold. Guys, it's one game. You're going to forget all about it the day after it happens. And you need bigger yeah. numbers because there's an outdoor game yeah, for it's television and stuff like it's that. A, it's one depending thing. Depending how much you drink that game, you might forget it that day. <laughs> you could. But there's a great story. I don't know if you haven't read it yet. Please go to mayorsmanor.com. Read about it. Yep. It talks about the aerospace industry. The Kings put over a year of effort really into this, and they've been thinking about it and working on it. And I, I just think it's a great story. I really appreciate Cheeseman uh, weighing in on that and sharing some of that. Um, also do want to tell you a couple of other things. Speaking of former uh, uh, jerseys that the Kings wore. Now, you know, they're going to wear the 90s, the Gretzky era, the Chevron, whatever you want to call it. They're going to wear the Gretzky jerseys for, I think, two games at home this year. One of them actually comes up the weekend after, if I understand the schedule right, after the game in Colorado. Okay. Okay. Right. That jersey is going to be worn for the next two years also. So there's a little breaking news for you. Meaning... Oh, is it a go. fourth jersey? Yeah, well, every year the Kings have had a, a specialty jersey. Like, they wore okay. the purple and gold jersey at those right. Legends games and yeah, that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to wear them for, but you can expect mm-hmm. to see the Gretzky jerseys not only at the two games this year, but at games in the next two seasons. But, John, stay with me here. So they have <laughs> I the, love the face you're making right now. They have now. the white, the black, the silver, <laughs> That's and their, the black. So what? they have four jerseys. What do you mean four? They have three jerseys right now. They have... They have with the current LA home plate yeah. logo. They white have a black. white, a black, and silver. Those are their three Great. jerseys. So this have, will be a fourth jersey. Well, I mean, okay, if you want to call it that, this is their this is their specialty jersey. The other three are in regular rotation. Most teams that have a third jersey wear it like what, like three I'm to five games. Okay, yes, so they will wear four different jerseys this season. Correct? No, they're going to wear five different jerseys oh, this season the, because, because of the, of the one. because of the outdoor game. I'm We're not testing so good your math. math. No, okay, you're not fine. so good at math. So they, okay, so that okay. So next year they the will three. wear four. Okay, got the silver, and then I got the um, the Gretzky one. Yeah, the they'll Gretzky. only wear yeah. it for probably two or three games. Okay. They won't wear it for very many games. And the outdoor game just won. And then speaking of the outdoor game, I have confirmed that the Kings will not be participating in an outdoor game next year. Now, mind you, the Winter Classic was already announced. They weren't expected to be included in that. But there had been talk. I had talked about it. You had talked about it. Of the Kings playing Vegas 
Um, that is not going to happen next season. And so I'm still digging to try to find out, is Vegas still planning on doing an outdoor game? And Dave, maybe you want to weigh in on this. Is Vegas still planning on doing an outdoor game next year at Raiders Stadium And if they are, as a stadium series? Yeah. And if they are, San Jose is the more likely opponent, I heard. But the Kings are definitely out. No outdoor games next year. But the Kings do still want to put on an outdoor game, stadium series most likely, um, at the Rams Stadium. And what do you call that stadium, Dave? Yeah, we were trying to... I forgot so what it was. Fi. SoFi? Yeah. Not yeah. SoFi. Is- oh, yeah. SoFi for a white kid. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Get that on a loop. We need that every so time Dave comes on. Yeah. We'll play some offspring music and then Panyota. So the Kings are still looking to do an outdoor game. And so here's the thing. I just want to say, I, I pitched this idea earlier and I still love it. What about... Uh, a home and home series of outdoor games. They're always looking for an angle with these outdoor games. Like that. Okay. Yeah. So if, if the Vegas game doesn't happen next year against San Jose, and then it's the following year, then do the Kings against Vegas at Raiders stadium. And then the following weekend, do the Kings against Vegas well, in LA at the Rams stadium. There is precedent though, because this is when they came back from the lockout and they did those six games. Islanders and Rangers played back-to-back at Yankee Stadium. No, the Rangers did, but they played the Islanders one right, game, and then they played the oh, Devils in the other okay. game. Yeah. 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 Right. So they had two home games. They had two home games. But yeah. I want to do, oh, I I do a home-and-home home outdoor. That would be sick. That Can would be imagine? really cool. Yeah. And I could see that I could see that. Call happening. me, Gary Bettman. Call me. In two, you should, G. I can call him G. We're buddies now. Um, in two seasons. Mm-hmm. Not next season, the year after. Yeah. The league's got to do enough due diligence with the building itself. Considering none of them are really done yet, mm-hmm. it's going to take a little bit of extra time to kind of go through all that. Oh, give me a break. If, if, if Vince McMahon can send the WWE crew over and they know that the building's far enough along that they're going to do WrestleMania in the building next year, with, okay, which is a huge production, you're telling me that they, they have to do more due diligence to put an outdoor game in there? He's got more money than the NHL. <laughs> so he can afford more people okay. and bring them and do all, do all that. Okay. So now, now Gary and I are friends. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think in two seasons, that would be cool. Look, the, the league is always looking for ways to, uh, you know, hype itself up. As yeah, much do as something bigger. Make right. it grander than, than really do the something. moment. And, and I think that's friggin' awesome. I think that would be really cool to pull off an outdoor game at one. And then two, three days later, probably three days later. Or a weekend. No, a back-to-back weekend. Sure, you could, do, you could pull that off, too. And they'd sell all the tickets. They would, they would, both games would sell, sell out. out. Yep. I mean, yep. look at the Vegas outdoor game in Vegas. Oh. It's already sold out. Tickets aren't even on sale, yeah. and it's already sold right, out. Exactly. It, it's, there's already... No, and they'll no, raise the prices again. They're going to raise them again yeah, before yeah. they go on sale. Exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and if you can pack Dodger Stadium, you're telling me Kings against Vegas... Oh, I mean, look, if the Kings fans easy. don't want to show up, Vegas will right. travel for that easy. game. That's yeah. They will sell out Rams, uh, SoFi for a white guy's yeah. stadium. Yeah, yeah, they, will, they will sell that out. It'll exactly. be, you need to trademark that. Hurry up and get a website, get a URL. Someone's going already on that. doing a problem. Okay. Um, so let me just hit my list. Say the silver jerseys. Oh, here's another little tidbit. The, if you want to go back in time, the first Dodger Stadium game, uh, which was what, 2014? Yeah. One of the reasons the Kings went with gray in that particular game that was a, call it a test, not a soft launch, but a test. They had been wanting to add that in as a third color palette, you know, mm-hmm. heavy on the black and white. And they wanted to kind of float that and see what the fan reaction was. And it, it, it was received so well. That's one of the reasons why when it came time for the 50th anniversary jersey, they already knew well in advance. Uh-huh. They were going they in the silver. I shouldn't be calling it gray. They were going right. silver was because of that. So it's been a long time coming to get this uh, additional color palette worked in. So there you go. Um, and by the way, if you didn't read the story if you're not going to Colorado 
There will be one opportunity to see the Stadium Series jersey at home at Staples Center. The Kings are going to wear it on the 29th oh, they of February. Yeah. Okay. You didn't read my article, DB? I'm hurt. I'm crushed. Wow. I'm okay. shocked. February 20th. And now he's over it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now let me get back to plugging the article. Exactly. Yeah. Mayorsmanor.com. Okay. It's right there on the homepage. Don't yeah. pack yourself on the back, though. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. Well, then can you announce to everybody, please tell all the listeners, the game is going to be February 29th, 29th. 1 o'clock day game. Yes. Against the Devils. Uh-huh. The Kings are going to wear the 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 Colorado outdoor, outdoor Stadium Series jersey at home at Staples Center. Oh, that's fantastic! It's kind of a tradition that when you yeah. play in an outdoor game, you wear it one, one time, time at home. So yeah. I guess the big question is, will they wear the silver helmets at home? That'll be to. that'll be sick, right? Right. Uh, okay. So moving on to the Ontario Reign a little bit. Um, of course, the All Star Game is coming. There are three players: uh, Cal Peterson, Kale Clegg, Martin Furk. Uh, shout out to Alan Walsh. That's his guy, Ferky, who's, oh, yeah. uh, you know, lighting things up. Had a beautiful goal last night in Ontario. But how about this? I'm going to give you a little hook back to a previous Kings of the Podcast guest. You might remember one of the alt, well, one of the most notorious goaltenders in LA Kings history, DB. Blue Line, yeah. Rob Stauber, Rob Stauber came yeah. on the show. Terrible audio. I'm sorry about that. He That's called okay. from a cell phone under his car or something. <laughs> but um, Rob Stauber ties back to Cal Peterson. So Cal, okay, Cal Peterson, who um, actually trained at Stauber's goalie school back in the day when he was a kid and even did some individual sessions with Rob Stauber. So I have an article coming out about this. I have some That's quotes from, from Cal Peterson. Cal, let me tell you, he is stoked that Stauber is one of the ambassadors uh, for the All-Star, All-Star game. game. It's, it's Derek Armstrong yeah. and, and Rob Stauber, as you guys know. We've talked about it on the show before. Yeah. And he's stoked that Stauber is going to be there. And he's wondering if Stauber remembers him. So this weekend, I guess I'm giving away my whole article. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to be uh, getting a hold of Stauber and finding out if he remembers Cal and then see if I can link those two up. So how old was up. Cal when he went to his... I think like 10 or... I have to go back and listen to the audio. Yeah. I think like 10 or 11. Like oh, he was really, like really so early on. Like okay. It was one of the first goaltending... I think it was the first goaltending school okay. that Peterson went to when he was becoming a goaltender. So, That's um, pretty cool. That's a great yeah, really, yeah, really like full circle on how it's all coming back. And now he's in the all-star game, yeah. right? And Stauber is going to be coming out. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, a couple interesting notes. I don't know if you saw... DB, you don't read my articles. I don't know if you read my tweets, but funny uh, Gabe Velarde story. <laughs> Uh, last night. So Velarde shows up with a goatee and I'm like, dude, what's like, what's going on with this goatee here? And he's like, dude, uh, I'll clean the language up. He's like, Hey, funny story. Um, I hadn't scored in 13 games and we were kind of playing like crap. And I thought, what the hell? I have nothing to lose. And so what does he do? First game, he comes in with the goatee a minute and some change into the game. He's first shift. He scores a goal. And so he's like, God works in mysterious ways. And I was like, I don't think God had anything to do no, with this one, but not, you know, no. uh, we'll, we'll save that for the religious hour later. Um, and then, so later I'm, I'm, I'm tripping a little bit. I'm like, Gabe, come on. Like we talked a month ago that you needed to pick a damn goal song and you right. still don't have a goal song um, when he scored last night. And so he's like, Oh yeah, well, I have one now. And I'm like, what are you waiting on? Like, okay, like, let me know. Like, what's the deal? So he picked one DB. You're going to love this. It's talking heads. Psycho Killer. That's his goal song. That's fantastic. So I had to relay that back to the team so that they know that if he scores this weekend, they can play the song. And the basic story is that he hangs out with uh, Valalta, yeah. which is uh, kind of funny. Velarde and Valalta hanging out together. Right. Flying um, V. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> and one has one L. The other one has two Ls. It's always confusing when I'm typing it. So yeah, the Flying V brothers were hanging out together and they just heard the song on the radio. And yeah. thought it was hilarious. And he's like, that's right. my, he said the minute he heard it, he's like, that's a hilarious song. I love it. That's my song. And that's how he picked his goal song. So good on him for picking something better than Old Town Road. Yeah, um, Old Town Road. Although Sutter has a, 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 a claim in on Old Town oh, Road. Of course he would, right? Of course. Like, what oh. other goal song would no. he have? 
Um, and better than some cheesy rap song or whatever. So good on Gabe Velarde, Talking Heads. I saw Talking Heads. That's why I thought you'd like it. At Trenton State College. Oh. When I was in... Um, at Ryder University, which is a, a sister school, not far away, but it must—they were literally playing in the in the in the bar. <laughs> That's how small they were, and and they were playing songs, and they were unknown at that right. point. And somebody um, yelled out, "David Byrne, go!" So they played a song, and somebody yelled out, "Play something we know." <laughs> oh, and David no. said, "Okay, here's something new," and they didn't. Didn't know what song, but I, I saw them at Trenton State. But College. didn't you just see them recently? That's why I thought you would like this. No, I saw um, Elvis Costello. Oh, and Elvis Blondie. Costello. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, Blondie, who's Debbie Harry's 74 years old. Oh, Blondie's old. amazing. Still rocking. Yeah, she's probably need to get her to uh, punk rock bowling. They had uh, Iggy Pop played a couple years yeah. ago. It'd be nice to get a legend like that. Um, Jod is up with the Kings, as everybody knows. So there's a uh, real thin at center there in Ontario. Uh, here's a surprise though. Daniel Brickley did return. Yeah, uh, out of like that out came of out of the blue. Like nobody knew That's that was Daniel happening. Brickley's music. He came yeah, off behind the curtain. He did. He did. It was, and he's still wearing number eight. Which, by the way, uh, uh, Panyota, you weren't here for this. I have a real problem with the the number system of jerseys like Sorry. to me you, you can't i think there should be there should be an attempt to be some alignment with the big club if a if you know that a player is eventually or you think he's going to make it to the big club right like don't give him a number that then you have to change right don't give him a number that you know that he can't have. Why is Daniel Brickley getting comfortable at number eight? There is not a chance in hell he's ever going to wear eight in Los Angeles. Not, never going to happen. Never, ever, ever going to happen. Give him a different number. Like If he played for the Dodgers, he still wouldn't be wearing eight. Well, fine. Okay, but Daniel Brickley needs another number. And they do this type of thing where it's confusing to me all the time. Matt Luff has two different numbers. Yeah. And it's it just, would you stop already? It should not be that hard to figure out. Like 23, if you want to give somebody 23, I think they've done this right. Brad Doty is the guy that, it's not Brad Doty, I'm sorry, it's Jacob Doty. I keep calling him Brad Doty. <laughs> Jacob, it's, well, why not, right? Yeah, it's, he's your homeboy. Jacob boy, Doty. Where's number 23 in Ontario? There's no fear of him getting called up to right. the LA Kings. Right. Let him wear 23. That's fine. Makes sense. Daniel Brickley should not be wearing number eight, right? Give him okay. 12. Uh, 12 has no, a terrible history, by the way, in Los Angeles. <laughs> we covered that um, previously. There hasn't really been a, a, a long-standing member of the LA Kings that has worn number 12. There have been a couple of players through the years, you know, like Gabrick Ward and some other stuff, but there has never been a, Simone Gagne. a rock. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, well, he raised a cup with number 12. He did. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, he did. did. He, had, well, he had one game against the yeah, Devils, he right? He raised a cup with 12 on him. He team. also dressed up like a clown at the King's Halloween party, and everybody loved it. But anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, look, you're not supposed to pat yourself on the back, but. Uh, but we're going to anyway. On the OHL trade deadline, things went down exactly the way that we had been telling you all year long. So, uh, Kaliev did not move. Hamilton mm -hmm. wasn't ready to move him. Uh, Dudas was not moving. He's right. the captain in Owen Sound. And Akil Thomas, Thomas, as he told us, was going to be. Uh, willing to waive his no trade clause, uh, which is still weird. How do teenagers have I no know, trade clauses? Crazy. But he was willing to waive after he came back from World Juniors. Um, first round picks only. OHL first round pick. Uh huh. You get a no trade clause. Okay. Everybody else, they don't care. Okay. So so Akil <laughs> Thomas had one, and uh, he was there was he, he from what I understand. I don't know how true this is or what you know, but we have sources. Uh, apparently, he did have the opportunity to waive it to go to London. 
and he chose to waive it to go to Peterborough, which is sort of interesting because of the Hunters and mm-hmm. how, you know, maybe you look at how he was used at Team Canada. Everybody remembers the golden goal, and that's what's going to be remembered. And this guy's a rock star now. He's on the court at the Raptors game, and the Raptors are tweeting about Akil Thomas. Like, it's so bizarre. Um, he's covered, he's at center ice at the Leafs game, and he's getting yep. uh, the whole deal. And look, at, just look at how much respect was given to him. They didn't trade him be, uh, in advance they waited right. and let, even though he was traded, they let him have a night in, in uh, Niagara before he moves on. I mean, so it's just crazy. He's a rock star right that now. That was the Leaf night, I think it was. No, the Leaf night was Wednesday. It was the night before. Okay. And then he had he had an, had an honorary night to the hometown crowd there in Niagara before he left. Right. So, yeah, he's on the he's on the Akil Thomas, you know, celebration tour. Uh, and then yeah, hopefully you guys saw the, the viral video as well of him about trying to wear uh, the number there in, uh, in um in Peterborough mm-hmm. and uh, how he called. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was just fantastic. So um, player, yeah. anything, anything about I the OHL it. trade deadline, Dave? <laughs> not, not so much. Okay. All right. no. You look no, like you had something really. to say. So I, no, no, I was going to ask what, what that was. I, I missed that. The video. Yeah. Um, what was the player? Oh, his name's escaping me right now. Um, f- famous player who, who played there and uh, in Peterborough. Yeah. And he called his brother and, and said, you know, uh, do you mind if I wear the 44? And it was oh, DB pull up the tweet while we finish this yeah, off. Okay. Sorry. The, my, my mind is Bank. not on that right now. Um, I was already looking ahead to the prospect piece that's coming up. So I'll talk about that while you look that up. Um, we did do the honorable mentions uh, recently. The, the, the uh, prospect rankings this year are going to be deeper than they've ever been before. We're not only doing the top 10 players and honorable mentions, we're doing the top 15 this year, plus goalies, plus honorable mentions. So we already did the honorable mentions. And if you haven't read that article, do, because Jacob Mavari has moved from almost Dominic Kabbalic level, hey, you're never <laughs> going to see or hear from this guy again, to now he's coming over for training camp, and Mavari has a legit chance mm-hmm. to potentially be considered a legit prospect with the LA Kings. Steve Mondador. Thank you very much. Yes, Mondador. There we yeah. go. All right. Okay, yeah. so it was a very That's emotional nice yeah, a yeah, very yeah. emotional phone call, and they recorded it. Chris and- is his brother. He got on the phone. They, they did the video when he... Good on him. Yeah, really good That's on awesome. him. I mean, look, I've said for a long time, Akil Thomas to me is the most fascinating prospect. I love talking to Akil because every time I do, I learn something new about him. This guy's had a fascinating life Mm -hmm. living in Florida. You know, he, he, this year he played defense. He played 29 minutes in a game as a defenseman for Niagara when they were thin, like just, he has a podcast, uh, so many, he has the clothing line, of course, which now everybody knows about, you know, um, so he's just a fascinating guy off the ice. There's so much more to Akil Thomas than just the numbers that he, that he puts up in the OHL. So back to the list, uh, the, the honorable mentions are already out. The goalies are out. Uh, the goalies are coming out, and I wanted to give a little... I do read those articles, but Okay, the, that you do, because you do tell that. I wanted to just talk for a minute, because this is going to be in the goalie article, so I'm giving away some content. Mm-hmm. Um, Cal Peterson is the clear-cut number one, obviously. There's a lot of debate internally about who is number two on the depth chart of the prospects. It comes down to Lucas Perrick, Perrick who is a uh, with Alan Walsh, by the way, um, and then also Jacob Ingham, mm-hmm. and... Ingham is coming on so strong, player of the month in the OHL. He's been the backbone of Kitchener, even through the coaching change, even through an injury this season. He's been phenomenal for the Kitchener Rangers, and Ingham is coming on strong. And so they're they're really neck and neck at number two. Um, What's interesting, we talk about the age gap in the LA Kings roster. What's interesting is once you get Peterson up to the NHL, they don't have the next guy who's ready to go. They're really flush at defenseman. They're really flush at forward. But then at goalie, 
there's a net, there's a drop off from an age perspective, not talent, right, right. because Ingham's not going to be there uh, for a couple years, uh, legit ready to go. Uh, Perrick's not going to be there, legit ready for a couple years. Perrick could be back in the World Juniors next year. Yep. So from an age perspective, there's a there's a big gap there. The top fifteen is coming up. Uh, we keep getting a lot of questions about Sammy Fajimo and where is he? Some people don't understand honorable mentions and people, they, you know, honorable mentions are the guys that didn't make it into the top 15. Right. So if you're waiting for Sammy Fajimo, he's coming. Yes. He's not an honorable mention. Right, right. He's a legit. He's prospect. not below honorable. He's mention. not below honorable mention. <laughs> exactly. No. So if you, if patience, you wait, everybody, Fajimo, Kaliev, no. Dudas, Kim, the Finn, if yes. you're waiting on all those guys, they're coming up. Boys, that is the prospect uh, roundup for the rain. That's all I have on the jerseys. I'm out of all my scoops. <laughs> well, we can go over you know, my uh, my poll. Oh, I'm so sorry. We mentioned that in the opening minute. Yeah, so right. let's do it before we. So you did a poll. Tell us about it. Yeah. So we, we did a poll. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everyone. He doesn't read your tweets. <laughs> okay. No, so, I do. Okay. You did a poll about optimistic. How optimistic are you? Because um, yeah, at the time, like three days ago. By the way, it was really funny. Ago. While we're doing this, I got a text message saying the kid the, the Kings made a trade. Good, but it was the NBA. Oh, so halfway through, I'm like, hold on, what the hell's going on? So yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. Breaking news. Yeah, Tyler's some five way trade between Sacramento and. Okay, Portland. so three days ago, I, I tweeted. Here's the big picture question: The Kings have a worse record at the time through 48 games than last season, 41 points versus 42. Your outlook about the team returning to the postseason contention in two seasons by the 21-22. Uh, season is either optimistic or pessimistic. It was really easy for fans. They didn't have to think too hard. There were only two choices. And overwhelmingly, almost 1,000 like votes. It was 68%? 71%. Optimistic okay. that within two seasons they'll return. So everybody believes in the plan, John. Yeah, but I want to talk to the... You know me. I'm always going against the green. I don't want to talk to the 70%. I want to talk to the other 30%. Okay. What are you missing? Where? What are you not listening to? What are you not reading how are you not excited about Turcott and Mikey Anderson? And, and I mean, the list just goes on and on and all the prospects, nine prospects at the world juniors more right. than any other NHL club, the prospect pool now being ranked within the top three by every pundit out there yeah. uh, in the NHL. Like, how are you not excited and optimistic for two years from now? Oh. I got, I, I got to say Go this, ahead. this from the out, outside LA yeah, yeah, yeah. window, uh, there's a hell of a lot of talent coming up on this team. I mean, if you hit half, Right. That's of the, the anticipated. I sent, I, during the, the, the end of the world championship, or excuse me, world juniors, I sent Dennis a text on a projected lineup in two seasons. Mm -hmm. They look freaking stacked. Up front, this team is deep. And if they hit half of those kids, they're still freaking deep. They have too many. They have, here's the thing that's crazy. They have too many prospects. There's a lot of. And they're yeah. going to be at the top of the draft again. <laughs> yeah, and they're and they're going to have a collection of picks this year yeah. to draft even more guys. Yeah. They that's have right. too, yeah. They they have too many, which is why they need to wheel some of those guys out of here. But that's that's I down think, the road. That's not but right I now. I think the pessimistic right. fan is the one that's saying, okay, it. They've won one playoff game since they won the cup, and they're not believing at this point in time. And I think that's that's. And plus, I, I showed where I think five years ago, Arizona had one of the top draft classes. And the three guys were Strom, Domi, and Duclair. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it doesn't work out. But, John, the thing about this is that because of the quantity of the quality, that, mm -hmm. that's what it is. It's not like – and it's, this, is not, this is not two years ago where you're leveraging the entire success, future success on Gabe Velarde. Mm -hmm. Like, Gabe Velarde is kind of a bonus at this point, mm -hmm. right? So I, I just think when you look at the sheer numbers – like, unless something catastrophe, something catastrophe happens where none of these guys work out, which I can't fathom that happening, right? 
how could they not, right? Because it's still going to be in the prime years for Kopitar and, and, and Daddy, so you're not going to waste those prime years. I don't know how you can't not be optimistic. I think yeah. I had four guys on the current roster on the projected one that I came out with in two years from now. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, there's so many. And, and look, this Co- is... Kopitar, Dowdy, Brown, and what, Ayafalo? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Even the goaltending, I didn't. I, uh, goaltending, I left out because I'm not too familiar with the prospect side of things um, beyond Peterson. But I, I think yeah, the entire blue line's going to flip. The, yeah, absolutely. Every yeah, other the, than Drew, everybody yeah, will be new. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're looking at that, so you're going to have. But it won't be all prospects. Just to set the, yeah, 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 you're going to have to get a couple bridge players in here. But yes, the enti- yeah, you're talking about an entirely different defensive core, and than that's and what that's, you're seeing today, right? And that's the thing. You're not. I, I didn't even factor in the possibility for them making trades to bring in some veteran players. They're going to have to, because you have to balance the roster out. A hundred percent. So this team, if you're a fan listening and you're, you're hesitant about the future, the future is really, really good for this team because of how many good kids they have in the system that they're eventually going to package in other moves to improve the, the roster even further. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a really and good team. it's been team. painful. Last season was painful. Yeah, this is, but that's what happens. Painful, but that's what, look, I, there's a price for it. I live in Toronto. Yeah. The Leafs were garbage for ever. I mean, a long freaking time of, I didn't like going to the rink. I'm like, all right, got to watch this guy and this guy sucks and this guy can't play and this GM doesn't know what the hell he's doing. It's totally <laughs> different uh, to see how much the fortune, the fortunes have changed. You're going to get, I mean, even if you don't have a top three pick this year, you get a top. You're in the top ten. You're going to get another good, good prospect because there's there's the there's the top kid. Then you get a window of like four, four kids that are going to go in that draft. Byfield, and that. Well, yeah, Quinn. I mean, he would be. That's wow. a, that's another changer. That's the goal. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's Just another. like Kako last year. Kako, you know, you could talk Jack Hughes all you wanted. The guy they, the guy that no, Kako, Kako, hundred percent. That's the guy you. Yeah. You know, so I mean, if you get Byfield, then yeah, it's, you're great. You're golden. If you're past that, I would, I've heard, you would know this a hell of a lot better than me, but I've heard that, that, uh, Drysdale is a kid. Yeah. He's definitely on the, on the up. That's, that's on, that's on their, that's on their radar. If they're, yes. if they're in that mm, four, five, six, seven slot, I would not be shocked to see him being the guy that they run with. hundred percent. Because it, it, if you get by Byfield, then you end up in a guy like Drysdale because they're going to yep. have, they're going to have to get somebody like that. Because that is sort of the one thing that they're missing mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in, in in the pool right now. Not to say that you couldn't get it in a later round, but it, it it's you know there's a reason that you're a top ten, to even a top five pick. Yeah, and that's and that's look to play with Drew. You're gonna have Drew, uh, uh, Bjornfoot, uh, Mikey Anderson, Mikey Kale Clegg, and then so there's there's four Dursey guys maybe. And Dur- Jersey, not in the top four, perhaps. But yeah, Jersey probably on third pairing. And then you see who they bring in, and so yeah. I think that I think that kid's an ideal pick, absolutely for for this team, a target for them. If they're in that four to seven range, mm-hmm. I don't see him going beyond that. Mm-hmm. No, uh, that's a hell of a kid to have. And then so now you're stacking yourself even more. Mm-hmm. This is this team is going to look really, really good in really, really good three years mm-hmm. in terms of contention. Mm-hmm. Next year will be on the up. Mm-hmm. Two years from now, things are going to look really nice. Yeah, and Two then it's going to be like now, they should be contending for the postseason. hundred, yeah, I agree. Not contending, they better damn they well be. better be in the postseason right. in two years from now. I mean, in my opinion, with with what they have coming and and how good they you should think be. Could be a division winner in two seasons. No, no, but you don't have to win the division no, to make saying, the playoffs. So, no, so seven, eight, 
Let me say this. I never count on the LA Kings to win the division because in 50 plus years, they won the division (laughs) one time in 1991. It was the Smythe division. division. Tomas Sandstrom was around back then. Good times. Your boy. Love Sandstrom. (laughs) So from the outside looking in, the Kings are okay. Kings are looking good. All right. Yeah. Next year will be a, next year will be a, I think next year is going to be a promising season and there's going to be a hell of a lot more optimism. And then after that, then it's I think it's, they're right. 500. They're, I think they're 81 points. Yeah, they'll be ten, middle of ten the point jump. Middle of the pack, non-playoff team. Yeah. Like, you, you need you need in order to make the playoffs, you're going to need someone to really break out of the pack. You're going to need not just to play kids, but you're going to need someone to you're really need a number yeah. two center. You're going to need someone to really come on. Really need and, a yeah, number yeah. two center. And they got they got like two of those in the system. Potentially. Uh, well, you have Turcotte and then you have Velarde, right. uh, both as number two centers. So, yeah, Velarde ultimately ends up moving over to the wing right. um, because you have Jod who will, will be your third-line center. So you're not going to let Jod be your fourth-line center just so that you can play Velarde as a third-line right. center. No, so you sense. move Velarde over to the wing. But, boys, we could do a whole show on prospects alone and what the future. We almost did. Let's do a, a roster projection <laughs> show. But let's get through the rest of this season because, guys, you still have a big road trip coming up. You have the all-star break coming yeah. up. And then you have the trade deadline. Everyone's gone. Dave, we're going to have to <laughs> we're gonna have to have you back on uh on the after, tfb hotline we'll do that exactly. so we'll let's do, do it hotline bling kings of the podcast episode 18 thanks for hanging in there everybody it was a longer than uh normal episode but our first one in quite some time db and uh if everything lines up correctly we'll have another episode next week thanks for listening you're the best jay we'll talk to you soon Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.